The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the book club show on Inspire 105.1 FM. My name is Imrana Mahmood and I am back with another fantastic um, session today with a wonderful new guest. Um, today we are going to be talking a lot about cycling. Um, so for those of you who might be really, really avid cyclists and, you know, spend a lot of time on the road or you know doing lots of cycling this is definitely a perfect show but it's also a perfect show for you to listen to if you are hoping to get into cycling maybe you were learning to ride um when you were younger and then there's been like a huge gap and you haven't been on a bike again um so this will be perfect for you to hopefully um get that slight nudge and encouragement to get back on a bicycle um and today i am really really excited to be speaking to ifit tijani um ifit is the co-founder of evolve and british cycling road and time trial coach um and later on in the show we'll be talking a little bit about some of um um an initiative that ifit is working alongside revolution women's fitness group in luton as well so i'm going to welcome ifit onto the show so assalamu alaikum ifit alaikum salam iran thank you very much for having me on thank you so much for taking the time i know you've been quite busy um with a recent ride and they've got an upcoming ride as well um but for our listeners i thought what would be really interesting to start off with is to ask you how you first got into cycling Right. So I did not know how to ride a bike as a child. So it was very much um, in my adulthood and when I said adulthood, when I had my kids, um, I might as well say it when I was 37, I learned how to ride uh, ride a bike. And it was, I had a bucket list, um, basically. I was diagnosed with cancer and, uh, you know, as you're sitting through chemo, you kind of make a bucket list and there were a few things I really wanted to do and one was to learn to ride and one was learn to swim Mm. so as soon as um, I finished my treatment I was like okay let's put this into action Um, and yeah and it was really hard trying to find um, someone to actually teach me how to ride and we're going we're talking we're talking about 10 years ago Um, you know when there were not that many female coaches around and cycling was not that developed you know was not that uh, was not that diverse as we see it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I yeah um, I went on Google. I found someone to uh, I think um, he was a St John's ambulance driver who taught me to ride. And the the whole idea was learning to cycle and learn to swim was so that I could do these activities with my children. Mm-hmm. I was not on the sidelines anymore, and I could you know take them out and you know mm-hmm. uh, don't have to walk while they ride. Yes. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah, it sounds familiar, right? <laughs> yes, it does very much so. No, that's really wonderful. I mean, so it's, I mean, firstly, obviously, you know, so inspiring that it was, I guess, through a difficulty that you were facing that you were able to, you know, um, do something really wonderful for yourself, I guess, you know, for your family. And, and this idea of a bucket list, I think, is really, um, really, you know, amazing. And I think, you know, do you think actually... Do people tend to make bucket lists a bit later on in life? Or do you think people do it when they're young? Or or what what kind of idea is that? And what other things? Do you have anything else on your bucket list? I think for a time when you do a bucket list is when something you're like, you've been hit with a tragedy and something has happened and you're like, oh, I need to reevaluate my life. Mm. Or my life can't just be looking after kids and working and coming home. You know, Mm. there is more kind of more to me. So yes. in a way, it would be nice if we actually made this list a little bit earlier mm-hmm. uh, to say, hey, look, you know, what, you know, kind of reevaluate and say, hey, you know, where, what should I be doing? And I think especially with us women, mm-hmm. we find it very, you know, we get so busy being moms, being wives and, you know, uh, being, you know, nurturing and looking after, we kind of tend to forget ourselves. So it would be kind of nice for us women to perhaps make this list earlier and not wait until something happens mm. for you to go and, you know, make a list and then try and action it. 
yeah no no absolutely and it's such an important reminder and I love that the, you, you use the word like nurturing because you're right I think we do tend to nurture others and like you said we, we forget that nourishment and, and nurturing for ourselves yeah. um, and what I really kind of feel is obviously so I, I mentioned in the introduction that the, you're the co-founder of Evolve um, and I would say from what I've seen and experienced, that is a nurturing space. So could you explain for our listeners um, what, what exactly is Evolve and how it came into being? Yeah, so Evolve, so from my journey from learning to write and actually forming Evolve, if I were to say to you, it took about 10 years to come to it. Mm. And actually to form Evolve is when I had a relapse and, mm. <laughs> and the cancer back, came back and Evolve came let's say bucket list number two mm. so because while I was kind of writing and I was writing with uh, I don't know if you've heard of Breeze which is a women-only network for of British cycling where they just take you out for rides and stuff I was really missing that community field you know when we are out you know we share our values we've got that comfort blanket of riding within your own community mm. and I could actually see that gap and I would meet friends and they were like oh you know, when are you taking riding with us? You know, can you take us? Can you teach us? Can you do this? And I was like, we need a club that is absolutely dedicated to Muslim women. Mm. You know, uh, where we, you know, we look at the barriers that women face, mm. where we can, you know, we're coaching it. It's basically the whole entire from decision making to actually the rights and everything is actually, you know, mm -hmm. uh, spearheaded by women. Mm -hmm. So it was actually, I had a relapse two years ago. And as I was coming in, I thought, you know what? As I was going through treatment, I was like, this dream of mine, I haven't actually got around to it. Mm. So as soon as as soon as I kind of recovered from it, um, I was like, right, let's go on to start forming this club. Mm. But before we actually tried and, you know, it's you have this idea of forming a club and then you look at the practicalities of, or, of having a club and suddenly you're like hang on a minute I don't have the skills mm. how am I going to coach this woman how am I going to take this woman on rides so I remember it was about I think it was about eight weeks after my surgeries mm. and I was like okay right I'm going to get onto the bike and I'm going to go and become a breeze champion so breeze champion is basically ride leaders mm -hmm. for breeze cycling and I remember it was one of my friends and we rocked up in Oxford Mm -hmm. to become this ride leaders and you know you talk about having a bad day when you go through illness and trust me that was a really bad day and I we rock up at this place and everybody's on the road bikes and we are on this you know 100 quid bike sporter and we looked at each other we thought uh do we really belong here mm -hmm. well yeah we persevered we became race champions and then from there it was literally just taking women out on smaller rides and taking them out and then it just literally evolved evolved from there um so the club was officially formed in lockdown uh 20 2020 um i remember actually we couldn't even do a launch face to face because of all lockdown we actually did a virtual launch mm -hmm. and then our first was a sportive which we actually took um about I think about 40 riders mm -hmm. from Harrow to Windsor. Mm -hmm. And then it was literally then the journey started on, you know, us. Mm -hmm. I was, it was three of us who started Evolve. Now it's a team of nine women mm -hmm. who actually, you know, do different roles within the club. And, you know, we've got 15 coaches now. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, we've, it's, it for us, it's very much taking it, taking us out from our comfort zone because mm -hmm. we do not come from race from racing background we are almost as you said people who've learned to ride and suddenly trying to run a club at, at a level where you see you know white organizations running and mm -hmm. cycling is a very white male dominated sport yeah absolutely yeah and trying to make that space for us in that as you know yeah mm -hmm. has been a very interesting journey and we've learned a lot about ourselves no I can imagine and, and the fact that you know it's such an app name evolved because you know as you were speaking you're right it's it's kind of um developed and evolved in such a beautiful space so you know and you're right you know this idea of taking up space in 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 places I guess that we 
for whatever reason, you know, that there's a sense of exclusion. Like you said, if it's a white male dominated sport, already there's a challenge, right? So yeah. you mentioned um just a bit earlier about, you know, certain barriers. You know, could you maybe it you know just explore a little bit what do you what have you found in your experience some of those barriers are? And you, I know you mentioned maybe the idea that obviously if there's something like a group that doesn't exist and you don't have a community that can maybe be a bit difficult mm. but what, what else have you found that, that so, I mean if you look at it you know if you look at our faith if you look at our values and our principles mm. so I think for women the massive uh, biggest barrier when it comes to cycling is hijab mm-hmm. um, because if you look at the cycling clothing it's not very modest you mm. know the and, you know, the whole Lycra concept and things like that. So that was the biggest barrier to say, look, how can we make this sport inclusive and how do we, you know, how do we overcome this barrier? Mm-hmm. So I think the first thing actually uh, evolved, as soon as Evolve was formed, the first thing we all actually sat around the table and said, right, we need to come up with a modest jersey. Mm-hmm. And we actually then went and designed a modest jersey. So we looked at your standard cycling jerseys, you know, which has got the pockets for your fuel and things like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So we were like, okay, how can we take a standard jersey and how can we actually make it modest? Mm-hmm. Um, and plus have the safety elements as well, you know, being able to come off the bike safely and things like that. So we actually, so that was the first solution we came across and we actually went and designed our own cycling jersey. Mm. Uh, which is again has got all the principle of you know what a normal cycling jersey does, and it's a um it's you know modest length as well. I don't know if you've seen that around. Mm-hmm. Um, the second was coaching, because mm. again it's because it's such a male dominated sport. Most of the coaches and especially at the, at the levels that we wanted to, they were all men as well. Mm-hmm. So it was like, right, um, you know, those who are confident riders, let's you know, let's become coaches. So that was the second barrier that we kind of, you know, we uh, overcame as well. Um, bikes was the third barrier because not everybody's got bikes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Especially from our community, we, we give a priority of buying a car than buying a bike. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so it was like, okay, you know what, let's come up with a bike library. And that's something, you know, which I think, you know, I had even spoken to you and Yasmin when we last met. Mm. Look, you need to have your own bike library and you need to have a bike library that is suitable for women. Mm. Um, So, yeah, and that was, you know, so these were kind of the initial barriers that we started working with and started kind of to implement solution as well. Um, We also then went to British Cycling and said, look, this is our vision. This is what we want to do. Can we have your support on it? Yes. So, I mean, to date, we are the only club, Muslim club, that's the first Muslim uh, women club to actually get affiliated with British Cycling. Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, congratulations for being able to achieve so much within such a short space of time. And, you know, just listening to you, I'm like, yes, I need to get into cycling. And, you know, we have tried. I, I know that, I mean, we'll talk maybe a bit later on about the session that you had Um I think it was wore down with, you know, Revolution Women's Fitness Group as well. What you did mention in terms of those barriers, I think are very interesting and it's so important to be able to, yeah, I think speak openly about it and then hopefully, because that's the first step, isn't it? You you talk about that barriers, you you start overcoming them and, you know, hopefully, you know, inshallah, you, you can kind of embed that change within, you know, our communities and, you know, get, get the encouragement and support that we need. Um, but this, you, you mentioned um, a bike library, but because this is the book club show, I want to ask you, what does your book library look like? Do you have any interesting books on cycling? Um, I don't know. Is there a particular one that you dip in and out of? Because I don't have any books about cycling, so I'm really interested to know. Oh, you know what? My favorite one, if you're talking about books on cycling, it's called Lost Lanes. Lost Lanes? Yes. Ah. And basically, it's absolutely fantastic. So it basically gives you a breakdown of routes all around the UK, which you can, you know, which are safe to cycle. And you can, you know, um, yes, I mean, it's fantastic. I can drop a link down to you. Mm. But do check it out. Um, And who's that written by? Lost Lanes? Lost Lanes, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I've got a couple of ones which are kind of like, um, I would say like illustration books, but they are by Davy Walker. 
and he has actually um yeah he's got quite a humor when it comes to cycling as well mm-hmm. and so those were yeah those are kind of my two books at the moment my my reading on cycling books is really boring because i'm <laughs> well i'm i'm sitting for my level three uh yeah. run in time trial and that's a lot about looking at psyche psyche of athletes Oh. And it's all performance based and things like that. So at the moment, I'm looking, you know, reading things like psychology of an athlete and bike fitting, and you know, yeah. Um, yeah so they're uh, they're yeah, um, yeah they're uh, <laughs> they're not they're not as interesting, but <laughs> to me they're <laughs> no, no. But but you say that, but like you said, I guess because you're in the middle of kind of studying, it might be a bit like. But actually, maybe for somebody who, um, I mean, I like I love the idea of, of, of Lost Lanes. I mean, I like just the the book title. So um, it, that that actually sounds you know really interesting um, to me. Um, but yeah, I've seen that one's by Jack Thurston. I mean, I've just quickly checked it. So yeah, and I, I love the book cover as well. It definitely um, has a kind of idea of nature. Me. And being in nature, and, and how do you think actually, you know, when we talk a little bit about um, I mean, obviously cycling in terms of a sport, but, you know, there's a lot of conversations recently about, you know, health and well-being and, yeah. you know, wh- whereas someone might think actually, you know, maybe I'm just better off going to the gym or, you know, doing something else. So why would you, or what would you say specifically about cycling? What maybe makes it a bit different? I think nothing beats a fr- nothing beats fresh air. Mm. Um, you can, you know, and I, I mean, from one thing I found from my cycling journey is the places I've discovered mm. um, that you know a lot of time that you would not see it in your car. Um, and I've, and it's kind of funny I've discovered these places, and then I've actually taken my family and my kids, mm. and they would turn around and say, "Oh, how did you discover it?" And I was like, "Oh, guess where? <laughs> guess how?" <laughs> Yes, yeah. but yes, it's just it's just getting out and you know being able to stop wherever you want without having to find parking. Mm, exactly, Gosh, it's, you know, yeah. Um, again, you know, um, uh, cycling being, you know, uh, the impact will depend on depending on the level that you ride it, mm-hmm. it the impact that it has on your body as well. Um, you know, um, and it, in fact, cycling is also prescribed by doctors now. Mm-hmm. um as well for you know for well health and well-being as well mm-hmm. so it's yeah it's definitely one of those um activities that you know mm-hmm. um that is kinder on your body unless when you go and try and knock out a hundred miles that's yeah. a different story <laughs> no I think you're right I think it's true and yeah I mean I when I do go cycling and my husband you know he cycles a lot and yet he's done the same thing that you have I think with your family where he's suddenly like oh I found this such a lovely spot or I found this you know and then and then we'll go together it's nice because you do discover and that that I feeling a discovery in nature is so beautiful so I think um that's definitely definitely a good a good reason to to get into it um and then, so we were talking, obviously, I know that you mentioned um, that you didn't learn to to ride a bike when, when you were younger. Um, but how about how about the reading side? Were you like an avid reader when when you were younger? Did you have access to libraries? You know, what, what was that kind of yeah, so I was I was actually brought up in Tanzania, East Africa. Um, and yes, I was a bookworm. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, I was, I would, I would uh, spend hours and hours reading. Mm. Um, I was an only, well, I, I am, I have a sibling, but he's 21 years older than me. Okay. So I was kind of brought up as an only child. Mm. So yes, books were my, um, my century, uh, you know, uh, and yeah, up to now, the days when I kind of want to, you know, disconnect from the world. Um, yeah. I'd be, you know, when I'm reading the psychology of an athlete. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Things like, you know, um, yeah, kite, you know, things like, I think the only book that comes up is Kite Runner, which everybody has read. Oh, um, yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah. So, yes. How about when you were younger? Can you remember maybe 
a favorite book that you oh, had? Oh, I'm, I'm going to give my age away now. So <laughs> I was a huge and Blyton fan. Right. Uh, Nancy Drew, um, mm. Wishing Tree, Secret Seven. Remember those? <laughs> yes, I do. I do. Yeah, I do. I do. What yeah. was it about those books that you do you think that 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 you enjoyed? I mean, I know that there's so many of us who who did read those books. What was yeah. it? About? It was just, um, I think for us as kind of growing up, it was just a fantasy world, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we only wanted to become Nancy Drews. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Go, go on adventure. Or, yeah, or, yeah, you know, or Secret Seven or, you know, Famous. Yes, yeah, exactly. We wanted, we wanted to open our little detective clubs, didn't we? <laughs> But what isn't it so but isn't it so wonderful that now after you know now the work that you're doing now yeah. I mean you could say it is a bit like that you, you're going on adventures you've got a club you've got this little you know I, I call it little it's not I mean it's just, you know um it's so amazing so I I don't know. I think there's something there. Maybe you, you're, you're the Nancy Drew of of, of um, British cycling. You know, maybe <laughs> now we... you say it. Now you put it like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just need to find some. You know. Yeah, I need to find some more um, adventures where okay, <laughs> a treasure hunt maybe. Yes, exactly. No, no, that that would definitely be a good idea. No, that's really yeah. No, I mean that's really lovely to hear and. So and and um, tell us we've got maybe a couple of minutes before we go to the break. What's the most recent kind of bike ride that you've done? And and um, you know and again, how how was that? So yeah, I recently completed a ride London sixty um, just at the weekend. Uh, and yes, it was you know close roads. Um, oh, it was an absolute amazing just to have London to yourself. Mm. Um, we started off at Buckingham Palace. Mm-hmm. early hours of six o'clock in the morning and I tell you I, I absolutely love that time in the morning yeah okay. it, it's so fresh you know mm-hmm. um and you, yeah just literally you're riding through London you know through Stratford up to up to Essex and back um mm-hmm. the finish is at Tower Bridge yes yeah, so you as you come back you know the majestic of Tower Bridge actually opens up Mm-hmm. So yes, um, yeah, we just completed that one. So that's been my recent, my recent adventure. Mm, no, that's that's wonderful. That must be amazing because obviously we you would all you you always picture London really busy, lots of traffic, lots of cars, and um, you know the idea, yeah, of having it to yourself and being able to, yeah, just just cycle around sounds really. Yeah. Um, they because they do free cycle as well, where actually they close up London and actually you can go through the monuments. Um, you know, you can go to Trafalgar Square, you know, you start Buckingham Palace, High Park kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But the sportive doesn't actually cover this part. The sportive actually takes you out towards Essex, um, to mm-hmm. towards Epping, um, Epping Forest, which is absolutely beautiful apart from the hills. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. you know, when you go to the countryside, you're just going kind of go up and down, right? Rolling right. hills. But oh yeah. god I don't know how I'd cope so do you outside of doing the rides like how do you tend to keep fit like is it just through cycling or do you do other types of exercises so the thing is I have quite a strict um kind of training diary mm. um so I kind of when I'm doing sporty when it's season time I almost have as like a six hour training diary uh with um bike bike training so i've got a watt bike which is um uh, which i'm sure you've seen them in the gym mm, or yes. a turbo which basically um you hook out hook your um outdoor bike onto onto a turbo machine oh, which right. basically brings your cycling indoors so you do you do a lot of base building in in the winter mm-hmm. and yes. yeah and then i have got um yeah i do strength training twice a week as well Mm-hmm. Um, so it was literally yeah, to kind of in order for your body to be able to take on this endurance distances. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you do a lot of base building over winter, then come February time is when you start heading out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, in order, I mean, what you do is you have you know you'll have quite an intense training period mm-hmm. before you do a sportive or before you do an endurance ride because I do time trials as well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you have a little bit of a dip where you'll kind of recover to basically try and go again kind of thing. Mm. So, yeah, you do have to, tr- I mean, there are some amazing people who actually rock up and, you know, would ride 100 without well, yeah. without that much training. But unfortunately, I'm one of those, and with especially what I've been through. Yeah. I do need to train. Yeah. No, that's, I hadn't even thought about, you know, that, yeah, you're right, of course, because, you know, you use the word endurance, that absolutely makes sense, because that is what's needed and, you know, training for that. Um, but yeah, and the idea that I'll see, because me, if it, if it was me, it's like, oh, the weather's too cold, I'm just going to sit at home, because <laughs> I'm a little bit lazy. Um, but you're right, obviously, if you want to really kind of, I guess, um, get the ultimate benefit once the weather's good and all the rides are happening, yeah, no, no, that that's really interesting to to know actually. Um, so we're just heading to um the break now. So we are talking today to Ifit Dajani. She is the co-founder of um Evolve, which is the cycling network for Muslim women. Um, and she's also British Cycling Road and Time Trial Coach. Um, in the second half of the show, we will talk a little bit more to Ifit about some of her favorite books, what maybe she's currently currently reading, and a little bit more information about what Evolve and Revolution um, Fitness Group are going to be doing in Luton soon, inshallah. So we will be back in a few moments. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. This is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to the book club show on Inspire 105.1 FM. My name is Imrana Mahmood and today on the show we are talking to Ifit Dajani. She is the co-founder of Evolve, the cycling network for Muslim women. Um, And she's also the British Cycling Road and Time Trial Coach. In the first half of the show we were having a wonderful conversation about some of um, Ifit's favourite books that come to sight uh, to do with cycling and also her inspiration um, in terms of founding Evolve, her own journey into cycling that she didn't learn when she was younger, but in slightly more older. And um, the amazing, amazing, um, I guess, initiative that Evolve has um, started and the number of women and Muslim women they've got into cycling and really developed a really beautiful community, I think, in terms of taking up space in a sport which is known to be probably quite dominated um, by um, kind of maybe yeah, white male dominated, I think would be fair to say. Um, now, in the second half, we'll talk a little bit more to Ifit about um, a couple of books and also um, an initiative that we're hoping to start within Luton for women who want to get into cycling too. Um, so I'm going to welcome back um, to Ifit. So Asalaikum Ifit. Alaikum salam. So let's go straight back into the conversation. You mentioned a couple of books in the first half of the show. Um, one was Lost Lanes, and um, I think there was another one that you were saying you're currently studying to do with like the psychology in terms of kind of performance based. Um, is there anything that you can maybe suggest? Is there a book that maybe somebody, if they want to get into cycling, might be good? Or maybe it's people who are already really into cycling and something new for them to kind of enjoy reading? Well, actually, if somebody were into cycling, there would be something called, I think Lonely Planet have, uh, have, uh, mm-hmm. have produced this. I think it's called Epic Bike Rides of Europe, mm-hmm. um, which is really, because you know what, Europe has got kind of the best bike uh, cycling infrastructure mm-hmm. compared to us here. And um, we're, I mean, personally, I'm looking to do a trip um, in July from cycling from Gibraltar to Tangier. Mm. Um, You know, and yes, so if you are, definitely check it out because it kind of gives you, you know, um, yeah, um, tour bike touring is really huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend who actually did whole London to, um, she went by, uh, you know, Istanbul to Istanbul. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes if you're into cycling do check this one out because it's got some really like epic routes mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know that kind of goes you know there's some really nice routes in France um, goes into Holland as well um, so yeah do check it out it's called uh, Epic Bike Rides of Europe 
Yeah. And, and if I do get time to, hopefully, if I do get a little bit more time yes. soon with everything that's going on, there's a book that's on my list to read, and I've never gone around to it, yes. is uh, um, and, and the Mountains Echoed. Mm, so yeah. he's the same author who did uh, the kite runner and the thousand splendid sons mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yes. uh yeah but it's been on my list i just have not been able to to yeah. carve out some time to read these books if it you're you're cycling too much that's what it is you need to you need to yeah. or, or you need to somehow invent something where you can no it wouldn't be very safe to, to cycle and read that wouldn't make sense uh, but well, maybe so you have... cycle and you stop and then you read a little bit. Podcast, podcast, podcast. Oh, yes. Audiobooks. That's actually a very good idea. That's yeah, good I think idea. that's what, because normally I would have my, so I'd have my headphones, but we normally wear these Aftershock headphones. They're born headphones. Oh, I have, have Aftershocks. Yes, I have those yeah. headphones. Obviously think... people can, oh, I was just going to say, of course, there's other brands that people can buy. We're not, you know, just focusing. Yeah, we're not, on just, we're not, we're not thinking any buy brand. Yes. But yes, um, because it's basically a more bone, so you can effectively hear traffic as well. Yes. Um, so yeah, I normally, because yeah, when you're on, you know, when I did the ride London, mm. I needed something, I needed a sheet or something to keep yes. me, you know, to keep me yeah. occupied for 60 miles. Yes, exactly. So yeah, maybe I'll, you know, uh, download audiobooks. Um, so I, I think, of, yeah, I'm thinking of the road and I'm reading the road and stuff like this. I think, you know. Maybe my rest days. My rest days has to be book days. Yes, I think that's always a good because that's what you know we try to do on the book club show. Just kind of advocate for for trying to make time, yeah, for for reading and and for books because obviously it is difficult. Like you said, I think really early on in in the first half that it's about sometimes carving out that time. So with whatever it is, you know, and and just being quite, I guess, consistent and and having that perseverance that once you start something to, to keep going and obviously that that can obviously apply to both reading and, and cycling um but yeah no I, I'm glad that you mentioned kind of the, the audiobooks I mean we have a Luton based um um Luton based um I mean she works with different charities but also has a, a really wonderful um podcast called the diverse bookshelf um so okay. you know that, that's one to to definitely look out oh, for. I must check that one out yeah it's, it's it's really interesting and and I think again it's you know we were talking about in terms of British cycling and having those underrepresented communities being able to go into it I think you know publishing a book the book world is probably a, li a little bit similar as well um, but you know what I was going to ask, obviously you just mentioned, so that was Lonely Planet, um, epic ride, um, I'm sorry, epic bike rides of the world. Um, so you, and you said that you might be planning something. So what, what kind of, where will that be? And what, what would you need to do to plan something like that? Oh, so yeah, so we have kind of, um, here's the one thing when we're looking at the Gibraltar to Tangier, right, that we're doing in July, mm -hmm. is um, obviously, you know, we need to plan the route that we're going to mm -hmm. be taking, um, and then get away, we're going to stay, then bikes is obviously, we're not taking our bikes. Mm. So we've now then looking at hiring bikes as well. So there was quite a bit of logistics that, you know, mm -hmm. uh, so there's six of us doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then between, obviously, between Gibraltar and Tangier, there's a 2,000 feet elevation. Mm -hmm. So we need to do some hill training for that as well. Okay. Um, so, yes, and it was like literally, you know, and then planning out how we're going to pick up the bikes, mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, and then plan the local routes there. We were looking at cycling around uh, Lake Geneva because one of the brothers was actually um, – uh, from Desi Riders is one of the groups here um, in, in London. Mm -hmm. And they were cycling around Geneva. So we were looking at their route as well. So we thought, okay, let's do Gibraltar to Tangier this year um, as our first ride mm -hmm. and see what happens. And then maybe plan something next where we can actually take women from our community with us. Yeah, wow. That'd be so exciting and, and you know, what a beautiful, yeah, I think just um, an opportunity as well, you know, to to really develop, you know, things even further. Um, and, and you know, we, you were talking a bit about, because I guess what I'm thinking is if there's anybody listening in who wants to get into cycling, what is a starting point? Is it 
to do with um right you know i need to get a bike but is it just a bike i mean are there other things that people kind of need to buy and and you know um in order to be prepped i guess so i think the most of the things you obviously kind of you know what yes you just need yeah you need a bike a lot of places who can hire bikes at the moment there are lots of mm. cycle hubs around us who do bike hire as well um so that depends on one level if you're already kind of semi-confident or if you're riding as a child mm. then you could effectively you know there is a platform called let's ride dot let's ride dot co dot uk mm -hmm. which is again you know does lead rides Right. Um, and the women only rise, their family rides, they're these ride leaders who are trained by recycling who can effectively, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and you just put in your postcode and these rides come up. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, the other thing, there are lots of you know, there are a lot of clubs around these brothers on bikes, these ourselves that evolve, these cycle sisters, mm -hmm. um, who do you know, who do for you know, for the Muslim community, um, mm -hmm. who actually you know, do do club rides. Mm -hmm. so if you're yeah, semi-confident that could be one option the other thing is if you're looking to get into cycling you know get into learn to rights and building up confidence as well and that's something similar to what we you know what we held for you you know what we worked on together mm -hmm. last week for yes. revolution where we had you know mm -hmm. uh we had women coming to learn to ride yes and can you talk a little bit about that so what could um someone expect so if they want to get involved in to learn to ride obviously in terms of the Luton context it's kind of early days and it's starting to um hopefully develop so yeah what, what might that look like I mean how much commitment is needed or um yeah do, do people need a, a bike to bring with them and you know so and, and what can they expect in terms of what would they be being taught so a lot of time when it is a learn to ride program, um, you will uh, you'll always find whether it's with the cycle hub, or whether it's uh, initiated with the councils, or whether it's you know run by clubs, um, they will always have bikes for hire, because they you know for learn to ride there is an expectation people are not going to have that bike, so people do not know what to buy. Mm -hmm. Um, so normally for a lunch ride, yes, you, you know, they normally would provide you with a bike or helmet. Um, yeah, a helmet is a must. So with Evolve, it's no helmet, no ride, uh, policy. Though legally, um, helmets are not compulsory, but we normally say, look, it, it saves lives, especially when, you know, I'm you're so surprised. I'm so surprised to hear that. Yeah, so yes, so legally helmet, uh, you cannot enforce it. Oh. But most clubs who have got that policy, no helmet, no right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so it is, um, yeah. And yeah, the only thing is don't wear baggy trousers. Just have, you know, just wear your, if you are wearing an, if you do, if you are wearing in a bio, you're wearing a jilbab, then it will be like, you know, tuck it in. Mm -hmm. uh, so that way it doesn't get caught under the chain. Um, for us, if there are any baggy trousers, we tend to put clips on our trousers or put our trousers in our socks. Mm. Um, gloves, I always say mitts is really good to have because you can end up, I think when you're a beginner, you really tend to hold the handlebar really, really hard. Yes. So it's nice to actually have some mitts as well, you know, an extra, extra layer. Mm. Um, yes, apart from that, that's you don't need anything else. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's good to know. And, um, because I think that's sometimes it, you know, we were talking earlier on about, about barriers, because I think with anything, when you start something new, I mean, I know I'm a bit like that. If I'm going into a new space or, yeah, I've decided to learn something. I mean, for example, you, you mentioned swimming. So swimming had been on my bucket list because I, mm. I had learned when I was younger. And then there was like a whole period of like 20 something years. I, I never, you know, swam again. So I've just, took up um swimming a few a few months ago and I remember feeling really a bit anxious that oh god you know like who's going to be there what does the swimming pool look like what's the coach going to be like yeah. you know so there's all these things going through your through your mind so like what could you say to somebody who might be feeling a bit that and that's kind of stopping them starting to just to kind of reassure them that you know because obviously like we said you know we're hoping to start the the kind of learn to ride in in Luton so mm. what advice or what yeah, would you kind of give them? So at Evolve, we always say it starts with the first stroke of pedal. So your first turning up is a massive, huge, uh, huge uh, achievement. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think that when you start, you're going to be put start pedaling straight away. 
and you'll be put on the bike and say, right, here you go, balance and go. Mm. Uh, you see, balance is something that's discovered. It cannot be taught. Mm. So a lot of times, you know, when when uh, when we have any beginners, be it kids or be it adults who come in, and the first thing we do is we remove the paddles and put the seat really down, mm. uh, right, completely, so the feet are actually flat on the floor, uh, on the ground. And then look, it's like, oh, don't we need paddles? I'm like, no, because you need to learn to scoot. You need to get that balance. Mm. So it's very much the coaching process is really broken down. Mm. so even like for k where when when you know for the group because we run a go ride which is actually for uh, tailor for kids um so we run these sessions every friday mm -hmm. and the first thing we tell the parents take the stabilizers off take the pedals off and mm -hmm. they look at us like really i'm like yes we need to get into a balance we need to teach you balance mm -hmm. you need to discover you know what the balancing point for your body is so yep the first section is all about scooting and gliding and then as you can say you know and in a way we take the nervousness off because we introduce like you know games as well mm. and it's also the first session is all about using your brakes you know building that confidence that actually you've got two sense two things that you're breaking with you've got your feet and you've got the brakes yes so it's building that confidence from there. Look, you're not paddling. You're just literally, you know, you're just going to be scooting. You're just going to be balancing, you know, walking with your bike. Mm. So it's very much normally, I think it. you have some people who are really quickly mm. learned. So with some, it takes, I think, learn to write sessions always three to four weeks. Okay, yes. Because you kind of, you know, you if you throw a person in straight away, it doesn't help that it doesn't help with anxiety so yeah. you need to build confidence you need to make sure and as coaches we can already see that look this person is almost on the verge of getting about their balance mm. then we'll just introduce one pedals yes and then with the one pedal we again start again scoot with the other one then so it's literally the whole coaching process is broken down into chunks mm -hmm. And that's so, and it's, you know, that's such a good idea, isn't it? Because you're right. I think that step-by-step -step, um, kind of approach is, is helpful rather than, you know, just being kind of thrown in the in the deep end. And yeah, yeah and I think it's so interesting because I think when I learned to ride a bike when I was younger, yeah, it was probably with stabilizers. And yeah. it's always been, and I know it, that it, that's kind of a natural um assumption isn't it that yo yeah if you've got stabilizers it, it will help and you know potentially it does work but of course you know what you said is really really it's all it's quite profound actually the idea that you know balance is is discovered it's not something that can be taught because I guess in some ways it's individual like you said for each person isn't it yeah and we have a lot of parents like the parents would come to me and say oh my child can ride and I'm like mm -hmm. oh great oh but they're riding on stabilizers I'm like no, they don't know how to ride because take yeah. the stabilizers off. Exactly. They and in fact, um, teaching on stabilizers actually takes them longer to get the balance mm. because you have this false sense of balance. Yes, that's true. So in a way, if we always tell parents that you the best thing you can do for your kids at mm. a very young age, three, four years, put them on a balance bike. Let yes. them use their feet. Yeah, 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 and you'll find that as they're walking in, it's quite so funny when you see the little kids and you have those little feet really yes. moving fast. It's quite, <laughs> and yeah, they get it so quickly. And the same with, yeah, same with adults. You mm. want to learn, get a gentle slope and take the pedals off. Yeah, that makes sense. And you're right, because as children, there's like no fear, isn't there? It's just like, yes, they, they're going to, you know, and because I've got, you know, nephews who've had band and they're just whizzing around, whizzing around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it is, yeah. and I think that's one of the challenges when you when you look at skills of mm -hmm. uh, you know when you if you compare skills of you know um, women and you know adults who have come later on into cycling mm -hmm. to you know kids who had actually were you know were allowed to play with their bikes, yes. you know, even if they come back later on, even if they drop off and they come back later on, yes. the skill stays. It's very, very hard with adults then to actually, you know, simple mm -hmm. things like cornering skills, taking your hand off, yes. you know, uh, taking your hand hand off the handlebars. Yes. As a child, you they're very confident to do it, but try and do that with an adult, it it actually petrifies them. Yes, you know, I'm so glad you've said that because even though I I cycle, I don't cycle often, but I can, but I still. Um, 
yeah, I wouldn't say I'm confident in terms of letting a handlebar go. I mean, you know, so I'm going to be joining, um, probably trying to join whatever sessions, inshallah, that you've got planned. So can you talk a little bit about what is planned with Revolution in, in, in Luton? How maybe might might be the best way people can get um, involved or, or find out more information? So I think the credit for Revolution goes to you and Yasmin, because I remember actually receiving this email from Yasmin a while ago mm-hmm. saying oh look you know we are a club based in you know um revolution in Luton and we're really really you know keen to get women cycling mm-hmm. and you know I know after we met and we kind of went through the through the whole idea and then you know she's been really really determined and mm-hmm. you know she finally managed to you know get yeah. us all together and get our dates sorted and we obviously ran the taster session unfortunately I couldn't make it on that one mm-hmm. but um from you know from the coaches who kind of came to help and Catherine who is uh you know the British Cycling Clubs and Groups developer who was there as well to help you out mm-hmm. um yeah it was a really really successful session so I think you know the best person perhaps to get in touch with mm-hmm. you and Yasmin because I know I know I'm coming down on the 24th of this yes. month to um to run another session yes um, and I think there is another plan then to run. Um, I, I believe, I think, but you may need to correct me on this, but I think we've got another four or five sessions that Yasmin has planned. Yes, I think so. And I think those yeah. d- dates, yeah, they, they still just need to be booked in. But you're right, 24th of June, I think it's 10 to 12 at Wardown Park. Yeah. So, yeah, the best way would be to maybe get in touch with um um Yasmin or you can there's a Facebook group as well that you know people can can find and get in touch or of course you can kind of contact uh, me through Inspire FM as well and we can share details um and then what in terms of those sessions so we've obviously got you know people signed up you had the taster session that you mentioned on the 31st you've got this one coming up on the 24th is there anything because obviously you were mentioning this idea of a bike library because I think one thing that maybe we and all in terms of where revolution are is the need to have potentially people can lend their bikes you know and um you know where we can maybe borrow them for a couple of sessions um so you know I think that is one thing that you know if if, if there are any listeners who are who are tuned in at the moment and um, if you do have a bike maybe that's just kind of sitting there in the shed or in the garage and you're not yet using it or if you're happy to lend it to us please please do get in touch because that would be super super helpful um but obviously on, on top of that we are hoping as revolution to you know there's lots of funding available isn't there so you know hopefully to get some that kind of support so we can get those resources that are, that are needed as well um yeah, because um, I think because of the mosque was involved in a project in Banbury, um, I think mm. Mother Mosque in Banbury, where mm. actually they got a container on site in the mosque and they actually have got bikes there. So it would be kind of nice because uh, if that is a possibility, I mean, something that I'm really keen to do is actually have cycle to Juma. Oh, wow. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. there will be, I think, you know, in a way, uh, or, you know, a ride after Juma kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So if those um, bikes are available, it will be actually, and I know, I think there is another mosque that's actually organized mm-hmm. and I have a container on site with bikes on it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like the seniors and stuff could actually hire it out and just take it for a spin. Yeah, that's such a... Yeah, such a fantastic idea. And I guess it's another way that, you know, when we say about communities coming together to support each other, I guess that's also. Yeah, yeah. we are very, very, we are quite car, um, you know, car in uh, car dependent communities. Yes. Um, so I know something like cycling would we would take a while, but I think if we all kind of make little changes mm-hmm. and just have this, you know, and it says doesn't it could be I'm not talking about active travel, but just be able to get out and you know and and just exercise. Mm. Um, I mean, yes, ideally it would be fantastic to have, you know, bike shelters and, you know, mm. um, and containers in every mosque yes. with bikes uh, for adults and kids so we could have like these sessions. Because with us, I think because of, you know, because of the some uh, barriers we have mm. and, you know, we like kind of, you know, especially with women, it comes for hijab and stuff, we need yes. to kind of, you know, want to pay attention on the areas we're training in. If mm. we are able to have facilitate that, mm. I think it would really be it would be really helpful for our community. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I guess what's really transformative is the idea, you know, like you said, that now there is, for example, um, yourself evolve and, you know, in, in Luton, there's revolution because it's our own communities, you know, really leading on that. We have that lived experience. We understand what the barriers are mm. and we can really work with, um, yeah, within the, with the Muslim community and say, actually, you know, we understand and we could definitely work around, you know, whether it's, you know, the, the, in terms of modesty because of our faith and or, or whatever yeah. else there might be so you know definitely that's part that I, I would like to think people can feel that it's a safe space for them um yeah. is this one yeah. of the things because I work on the diversity and inclusion uh, board you know with uh, be it with BC and with EFL and I've always said the diversity has always been top you have you know you have like the governing bodies like Sport England and London Sport and they're all talking about diversity but it's been it's always been a top down kind of uh, effort but others said that diversity has to come within the communities because we know the community really well we know what works for us so it has to be in a way that you know we upskill the community we you know we we provide the facility within the community Because it's it's a comfort blanket the community provides. And, you know, as Muslim communities, we are quite knit. We're quite close-knit with each other. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. So it, yeah, so it just makes it a lot, you know. In, I think it gives the project or whatever we're doing a lot of chance, you know, a lot of um, we can succeed on it. Yes, yeah, 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 absolutely, inshallah. And I think, you know, your, your um, you know, Masha, your beautiful intention that you had for yourself in terms of your bucket list has grown into something so much more and it's brought so much people on board so you know obviously may Allah you know reward you and may Allah accept all your you know um the work that you're doing as well and um you know it's been absolutely wonderful um if it's speaking to you today about obviously evolve um about everything to do with with cycling and and some of your favorite books it's been an absolute pleasure and hopefully inshallah we will see you obviously in Luton on on the 24th of June and again you can get in touch um with either Evolve or Revolution to get more information um and yes I just wanted to say thank you so much thank you very much yeah thanks for having me on and yeah look forward to seeing you all inshallah inshallah so that was um if it's a journey she's the co-founder of Evolve and British Cycling Road and Time Trial Coach Myself, I will be back in a couple of weeks, inshallah, with um, a new book and a new guest. In the meantime, please do keep us in your du'as. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at InspireFM Luton.